Episode 14, folks. Here we go. Get ready. Happy whatever day you're listening to this on. Um, hope your week is going well. Uh, do us a favor. Shoot us a DM or or uh, or tell us over, uh, you know, Instagram or something. Tell us how many episodes you've been listening to. Uh, we want to see how many you have heard. Um, anyway, let's get into it. Uh, this is a cool episode. We actually interview the person who we uh, shout out every episode, Dev Hero. He is the guest on this show. And um, it was cool to have him on, hear his story of going through multiple companies and getting to where he is. Um, so before we do that, obviously, it is time for pre-production. Uh, I'm going to let you go first, Mike. All right. Um, so this guy, Josh Rab, did yep. I say it R-A-A-B? Okay. Is it Rab? Uh, he's an editor, <coughs> excuse me, he's an, a freelance editor who's worked with Al Gore, Garth Brooks, and a bunch of celebrities. Oh, shit. He received a call from a girl named Anya, or Anna. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. And he was saying that she had a request for a book okay. to be made. Yeah. Guess what the name of the book is? Prometheus, the God of Fire, written by Billy McFarland. What? <laughs> yep. Get out. He's uh, reaching out. He had her reach out from... Well, he was in, he's obviously in prison, but yeah. he had his girlfriend, Anya, reach out to this guy and uh, put a request, say that his story wasn't told right in the two documentaries, and he wants to get his story straight. Oh, my God. Yep, yep. And uh, so I'm just... <laughs> I can't, what? It's just another hustle by Billy McFarland. I saw a hilarious article, like someone was talking about it. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I bet Billy would put a heavy metallic cover on the book, you know, making fun of the credit card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, or will the book be 95% blank because Billy wasn't able to finish it in time? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. For anyone who doesn't know, we do not share these articles before. So this is the first time I'm hearing of this. That is fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah I can't believe that. Oh would you buy that book? No. No? no. You wouldn't even be interested in hearing his side ah, of the story? I know. Maybe I would just because I'm a sucker and I would want to like hear it. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe an audio book. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's wild. Yeah. What the hell? Would yeah, I guess uh, I'd buy it. I'd, I'd listen to it. Yeah. I wouldn't buy it. But yeah, I guess. Um, let me see. I got the article right here. They said that he. Uh, oh, he saw a proposal from her. Okay. So then he decided that. All right. Um, I got to respond to this as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. And within 10 minutes, she was calling him after he responded. What? So it's like... I wonder if he accepted the job. It sounds like he It might. sounds like he will. It's a... Uh, Holy shit. Yeah. He, it says, uh, much of McFarland's plan centers around telling what he calls the raw story. The story he feels the Hulu and Netflix documentaries both released in January 2019 failed to fully depict. Oh my God. The guy just won't quit. He is, oh my God. Gotta respect even, the hustle. I don't <laughs> right? even have words for him. Jesus. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we're talking off air that we thought we were going to have the same article. Yeah. I'm no, kind of glad you didn't have that not. one. Definitely not. Not even close. Mine is um, maybe a little late at this point, but the Avengers, you see how, uh, what it broke? I saw it made like over a billion in the first weekend. 1.2 billion in four days. Jesus. Unbelievable. And I guess I was hearing, uh, that the movie was like three hours long too. Yeah. So people sat through three hours, which is to me insane. But I all, guess, those, all those movies I feel are pretty long though. Yeah. I don't think three hours is a surprise, but would you go see it or have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Um, that's not really my thing. I don't know. No, no super. But I've heard. Yeah. Obviously heard. It, it did well. So I guess 
between the budget for the movie and like the cost of advertising, they've already made that back and probably double. Like that's how much insane. they spent on the movie. Yeah. That's insane. It was like they made 1.2 and like after advertising and everything was probably like four to 500 million. So, and then like the theaters take some. So like everything else is profit. And now from here on out, it's just profit. <laughs> everything is profit. And they're killing it. My brother saw it and said it was, he loved it. I got to I still got to get in, get there and see it. Yeah. He said they wrapped it up perfectly. Damn. Whatever it was. Yeah. I heard it was insane. <clears throat> Speaking of movies too. Yeah. Uh, well, this is kind of a show, but I know you don't watch it, but Game of Thrones. Yep. Um, they had the most expensive battle scene yeah. in movie and TV history. What's the dollar on Sunday night? Did you hear it? Uh, let me look it up real quick. Yeah, I heard that was crazy. But uh, everyone was complaining because it was too dark. They were saying they couldn't see it on their TV and stuff. You know what's funny is I read, because I don't watch it, and I remember when we were on the flight, you were like, oh, I got to watch it when I get home. Yeah. Coming back from Colorado and uh, like I think it was Tuesday um, or like Monday during the day or Tuesday. I was reading tweets about it and I literally almost showed you on the plane and I was like, wait a minute, don't show him anything <laughs> about it. So I cut myself. But I remember reading people's tweets that were like, oh, this sucks. What a letdown. This is stupid. And I was like, oh, shit, is this about to be like a like a bummer for people? Like, yeah, and I, mean, I was like. What did you think? I loved it. Oh, I thought, really? I thought it was great. I could okay. see perfectly fine, but I saw there's a video going around on YouTube yeah. where someone took all the clips and brightened them up, yeah. and you see so much more when it's brightened up. Really? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I got the... I'm curious to see it. HBO's budget for the final season was $90 million, which is about $15 million per episode. Um, $15 million per episode? But the episode three was cost way, way, way more than that. I got It doesn't have a number here. Yeah. So way over 15. Yeah, way over 15 million. And it took, uh, I watched the behind the scenes of it, which yeah. you would like the behind the scenes yeah, of how they filmed it all. Yeah. Um, 55 straight night shoots. What? Yeah, 55 days straight. Dude. They said the casting oh, crew no. were just dead by the oh, end. Yeah. They said they would never want to do it again. Like, 55 days, no breaks? Nothing. Fuck Every that. single day. And it's all at night. So they said that like people would see the sun coming up and they'd be like, oh, the sun. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You know, like loving to see it. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, folks, um, it's time to get into this interview. Um, it's brought to you by Dev Hero, but he's here, so yeah, let him talk for himself. It's all good. <laughs> he'll say he'll say uh, he'll say his own words. Uh, hope you guys enjoy this, and uh, let's get into it. All right, so today we have the actual sponsor of the show on. The sponsor. The sponsor. That's right. Mike, just uh, introduce yourself and your company and what you do, and, uh, and then we'll get into it. Uh, I'm Mike Veely. I own a company called Dev Hero. I am a web developer, front end. Cool. Um, I dabble in film audio and a lot of other stuff that we'll probably talk about today. Cool. All right, so first segment is 20 questions. There's not actually 20, but uh, it's a cool name, Rapid Fire, so... These are all. Don't think, just answer. Yeah. Oh, no. all intended to, to be very quick. <laughs> Favorite color? Black. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Left or right? Left. Pick a number one to 10. 25. Fuck you. What's your favorite number? <laughs> I don't have a favorite number. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Favorite liquor? Beer. Ice coffee. <laughs> Ice coffee or hot coffee? Hot coffee. Steak or chicken? Steak. Mac or PC? Mac. Work from home or in an office? Office. Last time you ran a mile or close? Oh, God. (laughs) 
Working out counts. Any type of working out. Today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. You did have your workout today. All right, that was terrible. All right. Number 25. I got to relearn how to count. Yeah, I 110. Today. I didn't realize 25 was in there. That's a good one. All right. <laughs> I'm just checking. So just checking uh, where where did you grow up, Mike? Uh, I grew up in South County, southern okay. part of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. A little town called Wakefield. And uh, so you went to high school there. And did you go to college? I did. Where'd I you go? To the University of Rhode Island. Oh, okay. I lived That's like five minutes away from that school. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. It seemed right like there. a good option at the time. Cool. And so was it in college or when did you get into like web design and audio? I was always sort of doing like, uh, I was like doing a ton of art stuff in high school. Mm-hmm. I drew a lot. Uh was kind of a nerd honestly yeah um, I didn't do any real web stuff but I was like one of those kids that grew up with a computer when no one had them yeah yeah um so I basically broke a bunch of computers when I was younger oh jeez. Um, they were pretty easy to break. like even family computers you just yeah it was when like you could buy a desktop but they were like three thousand oh dollars and they didn't do anything really. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah oh my god um did your parents like were they pissed no just had to get it fixed. <laughs> no big deal. No, no. Um, but how'd you, how'd you break it? I don't know. Yeah. You never. You don't really know how you <laughs> couple, broke it. A couple wrong sites or something. <laughs> no, no. those those didn't exist then. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Mike's old. Yeah. This is actually with three mics here. This is the, the three mics. It's a trifecta. Another three mics. Three mics. One yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, I mean, I did a lot of like art stuff in high school, and then I honestly like didn't know if I wanted to go to college, but it seemed like I should probably do something. Yeah. Um, I was the kind of kid that did really well in high school, but didn't like, I wasn't then super apply myself. I yeah. Guess, you know, you didn't try you know, just clever, I guess. But, <laughs> um, so I went to college, got in like a kind of a, just a standard arts degree. It wasn't really oh, a focus or anything, but pretty general. Um, what happened during my time in college was, and I had always been like playing music and whatnot. Were you what? still a nerd or did you party or? Yeah, I don't think you ever not like if you're a nerd, you're just a nerd. For a <laughs> you're still a nerd. Yeah. 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 Always. It's just underlying. <laughs> um, I got heavily into uh, like audio stuff. So uh, about midway through college, uh, a friend of mine had a studio up in Providence mm-hmm. uh, and I just started working for him kind of full time while I was in school. So from like my second year on. I was like, well, I guess I'll finish college. Yeah. But this is what I'm going to do. And I proceeded to basically engineer a studio for about eight years. So you pretty much knew it there. You were like, this is going to be what, what my future is. Did you ever have the thought of just dropping out? Or did you always no, want to finish? No, I felt like I should finish. Yeah. It wasn't, I wasn't ever like, I knew I could finish and it wouldn't be horrible. Yeah. You know? So, um, did you, you know, so you graduate and did you get a job like right out of college or did you, uh, you were working for this company, this studio. Um, yeah. did you just stay at the studio and kind of yeah. work yourself higher up in there? Like how did, how did that go after college? So I worked for a guy named Keith Souza. Okay. Um, our original studio machines with magnets is what it's called, um, was in East Providence and he has since bought a building pretty close to our space here and I helped him build that place. So I worked with him from about 2000 to 2007, almost 2008. Um, around 2005, him and some partners bought a building in Pawtucket and we 
converted it into like a bar and a couple apartments and like a really nice studio. Cool. Um, but then, you know, life changes and yep. around 2007, I would say like towards the end, uh, I need to make a change and if, if I want to like buy a house and have family and stuff. So wow. I walked away. Damn. They never give you any equity or anything in the machines no, or magnets? No, Um I mean, prior to all of that, even before doing that gig for that amount of time, I had like a project studio in my buddy's basement. So like I had run like a small studio of my own yeah. while I, like my first couple years of college. And it, it overlapped a little bit with the work I did at yeah. Keats. Um, I... I helped him sort of run the place for a while and I knew that I liked working at a studio. I never wanted to own one. It was not a business model that I cared to Yeah, sure. dive too deeply into. I just wanted to like, you know, you just want to learn, kind of do the work, hmm. not have to manage the thing that yeah. allows you to do the work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you, you see that a lot with owning your own business, you know, yeah. there's a lot more project management than actually, you know, building the website. Oh, there's a ton. There's a ton that comes along with, doing what you love that maybe you don't like doing, but you have to do it anyways. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, so you, you left and what happened? I left and had this sort of crossroads in my life where I could either try and find another audio gig or, you know, I, I even explored like becoming like an AV tech in Boston for like a corporation or something. And I went on a couple of job interviews and it was like, this is not for me. <laughs> it's basically like, set up a projector and make sure like the presentation slides work and things like that. And pay is terrible for yeah. one. Even in Boston? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. At the time it was, uh, I think the, the one job I went on that was pretty promising was for like a very big company up there. Yeah. Um, and I was actually kind of surprised at what the pay grade was. But, yeah. uh, and the out, the hours were okay, but the commute was kind of terrible. But yeah. The short of it is that, during my time in college, I had done some web development work um, and decided that maybe that was a path that I could explore. Um, Were you making money off of it in college? The web work? No. Oh, okay. No. That didn't start until... Oh, I'm going to get my years wrong. <laughs> I was doing some while I was at the studio, but mostly around like 2007 is when it really... After you left? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. So, um, when you, you left, you were at this crossroads and what made you, uh, like, how did you kind of start your own thing? Like, you know, when you first left this company? Well, I was super poor. Yeah. So I figured I didn't have a choice. It's the best motivation, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I worked out of my apartment in Providence. I actually had to pick up a few hours with my dad. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I was like hustling. I felt like I was just doing whatever I could to yeah. make ends meet. Like yeah. I wasn't, I was exploring. I did a lot of like flash web work, which okay. if you are, if you know what that is, you know, it's not really around anymore. But yeah. At one time that was like, you know, if the you knew, thing. if you knew flash, you could do like, you did a lot of like banner advertisements and things like uh, that. And you can yeah. do interactive, like, um, sort of, it's like a web app, but like a lot of people would do them where you could fill out a form and send like a lead to a yeah and things like that but ask Aaron I think Aaron did a bunch of flash we actually, I was just gonna say <laughs> we, we had Aaron on last week and yeah. he was actually just talking about flash and how yeah. it was like the whole Adobe thing and he and like I guess people don't go with it anymore because Adobe owned it and they wouldn't give it up Adobe was pretty 
weird about licensing it, and that's mm. part of the reason it didn't work on the iPad. It was like a kind of a fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think because of Apple's like market share, it really dictated its sort of downward Future. spiral. You know? Yeah, because yeah. he said what Steve Jobs was like, we're not using Flash ever, ever. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. But it's really that's honestly caused the whole like industry, like the web industry as a whole to look for other ways to make things interactive. So like the stuff you can do now is just insane. I mean, you don't like flash was sort of like the after effects of the internet. Oh, okay. You can do timeline based keyframe based things, you know, like fades and transitions and whatnot. So, um, when you started working from home, working for yourself, like, was it just you or were you partnered up or did you, how did it go? Like your first, you know, stint as you said this was 2007 yeah about that so like maybe was, well, i don't know 2006 it's all blurry now yeah yeah what was that first kind of period like oh, it was kind of nerve-wracking yeah um my now wife was she was out of college or just getting out of college so she was getting a teaching job and she had a job at that point and I felt like kind of like the bum that was home all the time yeah <laughs> even if you are working like freelancing yeah. I still feel like there's like stigma about you even when I was working from home it's like yeah. what the hell are you doing at the house all day yeah. it's like well I'm making money you may not see it but <laughs> yeah. I'm working I promise yeah. I worked at home for many years I felt like I was just home like babysitting my dog it was yeah. actually awesome um, but I did like a, sort of an aside was during this whole period where I had to figure out what I was doing and I was like picking up hours. So ironically I lived in Providence and then had to work in South County. So it never worked out where like, so I was like either commuting one way or the other. When I yeah. worked for Keith in Providence, I was going to school in South County. So yeah. I would commute up here all the time. Driving up from there. Yeah. Um, and so for a couple of years I picked up like a part-time gig with my father and strangely enough, uh, the game that just came out, um, by, uh, What's the company? What's the game for Xbox that everyone loved? Fortnite? No, it was the music game. Oh, oh. Guitar Hero. No, not that one. Rock Band. Rock Band. Yeah, yeah Rock Band, yeah. So I knew known some people that had worked on that game, and it was like the first version that came out. And, of course, I bought like all the instruments. And <laughs> being a drummer, yeah. I was like, man, these drums are wicked loud. So yeah. I one day was just like screwing around. And figured out that like a mouse pad was like the perfect, the perfect like type of pad to put on top of the drums to make it quiet, but it still actually took the hit. So yeah. you could play the game and it was way quieter. Yeah, that's funny. And then, you know, strangely enough, like my dad's shop had a seven inch round die that I could like pop circles out of. And that was the size of the kit. So for, uh, I don't know, like seven months, I started making... I figured out how to make a set of them with various types of like um, backings so that they could stick on. Uh, and then some guy approached me and wanted to do like a video right up online. And it, it was crazy. I was like sending out like 10 sets a day. So were you selling them at uh, online? I just made a website and sold them for how much? <laughs> 30 bucks for a set for a set. And a set's what? Two, four. four. Oh, cause like each yeah. thing, each pad, it was ah, four. Okay. And they were at the time, like, the company wasn't making anything for the set. Now they have sets that have actual like padding on them. But, you know, I, I made something at the right time right. and was able to make a like kind of a bunch of money hmm. on the side. 
I was like making them when I came home from work and then mailing them when I went to work. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever patent it? I did. I got a provisional patent while I was oh, working shoot. on it. Yeah. Nice. Damn. So you were doing you were doing web design and then this stuff on the side. Yeah, I was I was hustling, man. Yeah, you got to make your ends meet, right? Yeah. 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 Make it meet somehow. Uh, and so when did you shift from doing just uh, web design? Well, you mean to what? To like. Your next venture. Well, so I was, once that sort of blew over, um, I had transitioned away from having to work part-time at my dad's shop. With your dad, yeah. yeah. And what actually did that was, this was sort of the catalyst that made me be like, oh, well, I should just be like a web developer. Yeah. Um, Buddy of mine at the time was, sorry, I keep breathing into the mic. Oh, no, you're fine. um, A buddy of mine at the time knew someone that needed some help. And I was like, well, I had enough experience to jump into the role and, you know, figure things out. And yeah. luckily this guy gave me a chance. And for almost four years, I worked on contract with him on like a pretty big project and did like a oh, bunch oh, of web, work. Big web yeah. project. Yeah. It was a big, big project. It was actually a software project, but there was also web projects from his other clients. Um, what that turned into, like that contract alone allowed me to like, buy a house and like shoot figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my career. Yeah. Um, once things died down there, I was like slowly like kind of crossfading my, my way into just being like a freelancer on my own. Yeah. Um, I had a couple connections. So even when I had that contract, I was doing a bunch of work on the side. Um, and that's really what did it. Uh, I would say around like 2009, 2010, I was like, consistently freelance and making like a pretty decent living at it. Wow. And, um, what, uh, you know, how long did that project last? You said that was about three and a half years. So during that time, uh, you know, I, you, you said like it kept you pretty much busy enough and give you enough money to afford a home and everything. Like, were you still doing other projects yeah. besides that? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Always hustling, and, <laughs> always and, hustling. And then, so when that project got near the end, like, were you kind of like nervous, or had you picked up enough work outside of that project to kind of offset it when it was done? I was ready to transition it. Yeah, I'm like a pretty um, trying to think of the word. I'm very good at like planning my next move. So okay. like, I pretty much already know it before it's happened. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not, it's very rare that I'm like caught off, off guard by something. Yeah. So like. You know, when it's, when it's yeah. coming to an end, you, you know see the what's writing on the wall next. and you might need to sort of pivot a little bit, but that forced me, I was, um, you know, fully freelance out of my house from yeah. about 2000, late 2009 to like right when we started Axion 2012. Gotcha. And used my web work to get that production company going. So once this project was over, you started a production company. Yeah, because I always wanted to bring the audio aspect of my life back. Yeah, I, I really had, missed it. You I had only been yeah. doing web stuff. Yeah, only because I just I enjoyed it, but yeah. like I really missed like working in the studio was awesome. Yeah, it's just not the work that I wasn't was doing was not. Um, I could it couldn't sustain my life. So like the website. Yeah. Websites paid the bills, but your passion was the music. Yeah. So, and that's when I had the idea of like, well, why don't we start a multimedia type company where there's a web aspect because video can relate to web Mm -hmm. and that will sort of give us that like consistent income to explore like 
well, how viable is doing like corporate video and like mini doc type storytelling? Yeah. It turns out it was very like when we first started in 2012, we had uh, most companies have like three years before they get ramped up. It took us less than a year and we were like, it was honestly like we met the right people. Mm-hmm. We got on the right projects and you know, year one to year two was like a 400% revenue increase. It was crazy. How do you think you used everything you learned from your past businesses and freelancing to kind of negotiate and kind of, uh, expedite that process? Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned, um, I think my one takeaway with most of the work that I do, regardless, you can take like the type of work out of the equation is like, um, I'm very, I, I'd like to think that I'm pretty like, um, approachable, um, and being like personable and a web developer is not usually a combination yeah. that you find. Right. So I find that like clients can easily put me even as a contractor in front of their clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never an issue because yeah. I'm not, I can just talk to people, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's like, you're talking to them but you actually care about their response. You're not yeah. just talking to them just to be like, Oh, hope you're doing well. Just saying that. So it's yeah. like something to be said. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like customer service is pretty important on any level. You know, um, people want to feel like appreciated Yeah. and they should. I mean, you're being trusted with some, you know, projects that are either passion to them or to someone on their team or yeah. the company as a whole, you or just know? very sensitive to yeah. the company. Yeah. yeah. I get it. So, um, so Axion started in 2012 uh-huh. and where did you meet your partner? Uh, I met Paul in high school, so I had known him for many, many years. Um, and he had, he actually didn't live around here at the time. Uh, but he wanted to come back. Where was around here? Was that, I think he was in South Carolina then. Oh, you mean like around here in Rhode Island? Yeah. He oh, was okay. away doing like a corporate AV gig at a hotel yeah. and he hated it. So. Almost what you ended up doing. Yeah. yeah really. So That's I was funny. like, why don't you come back? And he came back and he had gotten a job to sort of transition his way back to living here. And yeah. then eventually we were like, let's just start this thing. So it worked out for like both of you at your points in your career that you kind of wanted to start your own thing. You both had uh, kind of complementary skills and mm-hmm. boom. That's what Yeah. Happened. I remember in, you know, to be completely honest, yeah, there was a point within the first six months of Axion where like I was like busting my ass. Yeah. Because that's what I do. Right. And I remember like thinking like, oh, we made this was a big mistake because I, I felt like it was going to be really hard to get that video aspect ramped up. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we had we made some connections and ended up working on some projects and sort of picking like our niche that we wanted to work on, you know, more of the corporate side of things. So did would would you say the company was known equally for film and like web design or was it like you know more web think, more video I mean it was kind of strange cuz it was like Paul and I had our sort of sets of projects and clients Sure and they intermingled Yep but for the most part um it's like a client that used that used us for web didn't necessarily think about us for video. I always had to like remind. It was a confusing <laughs> business model. Yeah. But like, I mean, it worked. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite question is uh, the name. How did you think of the name? Yeah. I didn't think of it. That was all Paul and Ron. <laughs> Ron. I wish you guys got to have Ron on. Here. Yeah. Oh, man. Ron on a podcast would be unbelievable. I never met him. I'm just seeing videos. <laughs> Ron was our mascot. But yeah, so how did they come up with the name then? 
Oh, it's a kind of a long story, but it, it's based on a script that they wrote because I think, and this is what I was told was that axion by definition is like a kind of a subatomic particle that may, like theoretically may not actually exist. <laughs> uh, so it was axion media lab was a, a, a t- television show script that they wrote about a production company that basically every episode they worked on a project. And at the end of the episode, there was like a finished product to show. Um, but it was more like a comedy. They were like terrible at their jobs. In the first few years of the business, what would you say were like one or two of the most like challenging aspects? I know you said you guys ramped up way faster than you might have expected, but. Um, I don't remember too many challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I was used to like working on a lot of things at once. So yeah. That didn't yeah. really bother me. Um, it was exciting. I mean, yeah. we got like, it seemed like we were all of a sudden being hired to like fly all over the place and yeah. go to these cool, cool, um, spots and film these short films. Like we did, you know, some subject matter was interesting. Some wasn't, but yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like you need to make a body of work. So yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, yeah. Cause you guys were doing stuff for like Reebok and lifespan. It's pretty big names. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I mean, I guess we should remind the listeners too that you brought your audio engineering to the sound product or to the video production yeah. by being the sound guy on every single shoot Axion did you were able to translate yeah I mean that so that was like sort of my dream was like to find a way to monetize that skill set mm-hmm. and um, for me it's not necessarily for everyone but yeah. for me like a, a, a like a recording studio setting was not I had already done that so I wanted yeah. to try something else I was like I could do film yeah. It turns out it's a lot easier, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you make more mistakes, right? Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's all, there's less pressure. Um, yeah. maybe it's a different kind of pressure, but, um, you know, field sound wasn't terribly hard. Yeah. Um, I really like the finishing aspect of things like post-productions, like what I love. Yeah. So Axion was started in 2012 and after like how many years did you start hiring employees? Cause you start getting these big shoots and obviously I imagine big budgets, you have a lot of money, but a lot of work to do. So when did it come time to start adding, uh, adding team members? Well, we started toying with the idea of like a payroll and like actually hiring actual employees when it was actually sort of, um, triggered by the web work. The web work mm-hmm. was just getting crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, at one point, had two developers here working with me and an intern. Like um, on payroll? Two full-time developers, wow. yeah. And what? how far in was this? 2014, maybe. Oh, wow. So, like, by, like, you know. Two years. Yeah. two. I would say by, like, the third year. So, maybe it was okay. the end of 2014, 2015. Yeah. Um, some of those employees were contract for a number of years before that. Like, yeah. I think right away I had one guy that was contract with me you yeah. know, he was in college at the time and he worked for me for a long time and then so like you had employees for the website but um when did employees come for the video side uh mr mike over here yeah, was, he was, was the me. first one i mr. think ron, ron oh you were the first one i was employee of the month no every shit. single month <laughs> yeah <laughs> mike was one. he was the first like uh, employee for the video side. Like Ron was sort of the employee for like every side. <laughs> Ron just did things yeah. and he liked doing things. Yeah. The, it sounds like the creed of the office, just the yeah. entertainment. I always yeah. tell everyone he was the most expensive internet surfer. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
And I think he would take that as a compliment. Yeah, we'll for sure. For him. sure. We'll have to send him that clip. Yeah. Um, um, so Mike was the first employee, huh? First employee for the video side. So at, I mean, at most, we had Paul and I and three heads mm-hmm. out on the floor. Because um, I think when I was here, you had yeah, you had two developers here yeah. working with you. Yep. And for everyone who doesn't know, they were in the space that we are in now. Yeah. But you started in a smaller space when it was just you two? Uh, in 2012, we were at the Armory, which is like right, right across the, the field there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a castle. Gotcha. We were there. We had a tiny, tiny room in there. How long were you um, there? A couple years. And we came here in... Oh, maybe we weren't even there for two years. I thought I think we came here 2013-ish, 2014-ish. Yeah, because I was never over in the Armory. Yeah. I, was, I just came here. Yeah, we moved here, met Jim picked there was like no one in this building so we got to like yeah. pick where we wanted to go which wow. is why i'm a, i'm semi-attached to the space i don't think yeah. i'll ever give it up for yeah i mean it's it has, built out yeah. just yeah you guys did you have to sign like a crazy lease no no because i i'm i know jim jim's good dude did you know him before you moved here yeah well funny story about that was um mike yeager yeah he was renting back here when we were in the armory and he's like hey come back here and check out spaces now when we rented in the armory I made it a point to walk around one day yeah. and I found this mill yeah. and the door was just open. I walked in, this was before Jim no purchased shit. it, but yeah. I walked in and I walked right back out. It was like a dump scary. In yeah. There. Yeah. Wow. Um, but Jaeger was telling us, Oh, you got to come back here and rent. Like this place is awesome. So I had a meeting with Jim, a couple of them, yeah. but didn't realize like he was, you know, in like street clothes. He, I knew him when he was a banker because he used to come into my dad's shop all the time. He was a South County guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then once we made that connection, so it was all good. Like we, he was very, he's like a great landlord because he wanted to make sure, and he does this now to this day, make sure that the community as a whole in the building is, um, you know, thriving. He doesn't want like the wrong type of tenant in this building. Yeah, yeah. He's very, he's not like selective to a degree. He's not just going to like take some random off the street that just yeah. wants an office space and is willing to pay the money. Yeah, he's not going to like open up like a batting cage or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> hey, I was thinking about putting one in yeah, right in the front. Next door. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, we came back here, uh, got our ducks in a row and moved into a tiny space on Aaron's floor there. Oh, okay. Um, for about seven months while they built it. Did you ever out. see that space? No, 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 I was only up here. It was here. small. Yeah, I was only up here. So was, you had a small yeah. space downstairs and then... I came in at the right came time. Came up here. So it took seven or eight months to build this out the about way it is? About seven months, yeah. It's pretty crazy. If if any of you here haven't seen it, go to Focus Ford Media. You'll see some pictures of the place, but... We'll have an office warming party soon. We keep yeah, saying it, but we'll have one we soon. We have to, really. Like, summer, like May or... Maybe June. May. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe a holiday party. I don't know. Yeah. June. What, ho- <laughs> what holiday? I don't know. Christmas? What the f- that's our <laughs> winter. <laughs> summer. We will have it in summer. Uh, anyway, it's it's configured really nicely, and there's it's really built out um, really nicely, and so it's uh, pretty cool. So yeah, I can, we spent a long time really planning. Like, like there is a lot of thought and planning in, like, all of the rooms have connections to the NAS and the closet and things yeah. like that. Like, you can literally do anything from anywhere. Um, and there is a ton of electrical circuits in this spot yeah. because we could potentially at the time we're running like hot lights. Right. And it was being, did you, um, did you have a designer like do the plans of like how you wanted it laid out or did you guys kind of do it yourself? Paul and I put a bunch of tape on the floor. 
You're like, I want an office here. I want one here. Yeah, we just like, so it was planned. There was a bunch of columns. Yeah. And we planned it out so that most of them are hidden. Gotcha. The only ones you see are in that big room, sort of near the big long wall where you sit. Yeah. They're like a little offset from the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere else, they're in the one the right wall. in front of my yeah. desk. <laughs> <laughs> so now fast forward, because we're at, what, 2014, right? Yeah. Uh, I think so. 2014, 2015. Yeah, it went around that time. Yeah. I think I, when I got the job, I think it was, I came back from LA, so it'd probably be late 2015. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, what kind of, um, you know, give us a few examples of like big projects you worked on. Uh, we did a lot of, uh, consumer electronics show stuff for Reebok uh, okay. in conjunction with a producer that's actually downstairs in this building. Um, their focus vision media. Um, we did some we'll things, that. <laughs> we did some things for the army that, you know, closed door type stuff Jeez. where, uh, you know, environmental type things. They were cool. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we did these like little mini like marketing pieces for companies, whether they were selling a product or like a service or whatnot. And they needed, you know, someone to talk about, it was like a cross marketing piece. So we would get one company we worked for, um, made these printers that you could print, um, print stickers to go on like anything like, um, you know, uh, cans, bottles, uh, food. It was mostly food stuff, but they would send us all over the country to, you know, find someone using it in like a way that they thought was cool. And then at the end of the day, it made like a marketing piece for the company you're at and also for the company that owns the printer. Shit. And we did those for a number of years. We would do about four or five of them a year. That's pretty cool. And on the website, what were any uh, interesting clients on that side? Uh, Website, I do a lot of big data stuff. So, I mean, it's funny because I'm here. Um, I have a lot of clients on the West Coast. Um, I have some in the middle of the country and some on the East Coast, but like the majority of my clients are from like startups on the West Coast. You you, you meet someone yeah. and work with them and they ultimately will hop around. Um, yeah. And so like a lot of the work that I do is I just support, I support um, any sort of goals that they have from like a, a web perspective for like a bunch of different companies. Yeah. So it's either I'm going to help them rebuild their website, build a new website, or maintain a website that already exists. Gotcha. So you could be like some some project might be like just rebuilding like one or two pages in a website. Yep. Or like say they are pushing to like hire more talent and mm-hmm. they need to build a section of the site that can allow them to mm-hmm. facilitate that. Cool. So um, during, during this period of like, you know, <coughs> running a, a business that has employees... Um, what were some of like the challenges as a business owner and having a partner that uh, some people might not kind of see like behind the scenes stuff? I think the one thing I learned being, I mean, cause you own a business when you're freelance, but you really only right. have to worry about yourself. Yeah. Um, every business has like ups and downs and you always have to like plan for your next move. And as a business owner, you're always worried about like making that money. Right. Um, especially when you have employees. employees yeah. um, the last thing you ever want to do is let an employee go that, you really value. Um, so, uh, I've always taken like, you know, being the owner as not like, Oh, I'm going to get like a huge payout every year. No, it's, I'm going to take care of every person that's below me that allows this thing to exist. Yeah. It's funny. I like, um, there's this kind of philosophy that Gary V always says, and he goes, he goes, managers that are like, um, not corrupted, but like bad managers, when they become managers, they get this mentality like, 
oh, all these people work for me. And, but his mentality is like, no, you work for them. He's like, like, you know, his company is 900 people or whatever, but he's like, I don't have 900 people like working for me. Like I work for them. Yeah. They're like basically kind of what you said, like they're allowing this thing to exist and grow and yeah, like, you know, who doesn't want to wake up every day and like do what they love to do right. and make a living at it, you know? Yeah. It was very apparent that you took that mind state too, because even going home every day, you know, I got off work at five when I worked for you guys, but I would sit at your door, your office and we'd talk for 15, 20, 30 minutes every single day before I left. Yeah. And that just goes to show you're not just here to be like, all right, you're, you're gone, go away. Like you yeah. genuinely cared about your yeah. employees. Yeah. That it was important. important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, especially, um, when you find talent that you need to hold on to, I mean, and just being like a human being, you should be nice to people. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> right. It's just good to be a good person. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, so, um, obviously we know a little bit about this, but fast forward a few years later, what's, what's the next like big move in business? Um, well at sort of the turn of 2000, not the turn of 2017, but the end, um, I would say around like summer, uh, Paul and I decided to sort of part ways and he is since moved to the West coast to pursue more film like Mm -hmm. projects and things like that. Yeah. Um, I was just at a point in my life where like, uh, deciding like to put all my eggs in one basket and go after maybe like a project or a couple projects that maybe had a lot of risk involved. wasn't something that I could do. You know, I have mm. like kids and a family and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So I've got a house. Yeah. Nice house. It's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, not anymore. I have kids. Not nice anymore. <laughs> nice, nice on the outside. Yeah. Kids yeah. destroyed. <laughs> um, so, so you guys venture off, you, you break apart and, um, and starting your own thing. So what was it like kind of, you know, it's a funny, like, first you transition from being like a freelancer to starting a company with a partner, you know, grow that for six or whatever, seven years. And then, um, and then like basically transitioning to yourself again, like what was that kind of process like? It was awesome. Was it? I was happy to get back to basics, honestly. Yeah. Um, to, I mean, cause you had a lot of moving parts, like there was the website, there's the video side, you got employees. Yeah, so I mean, towards the end of Axion, we didn't really have any. You know, oh, like okay. at that point, when even before we decided to sort of like part ways, yeah, um, we didn't have any employees anymore. Oh, okay. You had kind of skimmed down. They'd all like moved you, on. You had contractors time. though, right? Yeah, yeah, I've always had contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was probably nice to get back to you know your own company. Just being well, I just had this like. I remember uh, shortly after I sort of occupied the space and ramped up sort of like the new name and letting all my clients know because that's a big deal. People don't want to get like a random email. So I had to like assemble all my contacts and basically just say like, hey, you know, like I'm changing my name, but I'm still here. No one really cared. Um, But, you know, there was like a three to four month transition all while I was also trying to like officially close out Axion. Yeah. Which was uh, kind of a chore, but... Uh, I'm done. It took me like four months, but I'm done. Um, I remember just taking a deep breath and being like, I don't have to worry about anyone but me now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. must've been cool because all those clients that you had on the Axion side followed you to the dev hero. Mm. So you show that they're signing on for you. Yeah. It's like, I'm still here. So your clients are going because you're the one that's behind the name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why it was honestly like pretty easy to, 
split things up because there was a very distinct skill set. Right. But you had the web, two of us. Film. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I worked on the film stuff, but only from an audio perspective. Yeah. I had no idea how to use our camera. And so how long has it been now that you've been under Dev Hero? Uh, since about August. Cool. Yeah, and yeah. I remember you approached me. Well, we went and got lunch. We were in the Providence office. Yeah. Was it last last summer? You, yeah, around When there. we first yeah. met. Then we went out yeah. for a couple of lunches and then you kind of gave me the rundown. You're like, and the spot's open. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? Well, so for a while, like, uh, I was here alone for like three months or so. Yeah. Um, and it was fine. Like, there was no way I was going to give the space up. Yeah. It was yeah. like, um, you know, not super expensive. I used it personally, like I use the studio pretty mm-hmm. often, um, but it became very apparent to me that like this is a big space for one person. Yeah, yeah. So, I decided. So it really wasn't a financial thing. No, honestly. You just wanted our company. No. You just wanted this. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted the space to get utilized and. Yeah, know, and I mean, once like I, one person. I mean, I, I was heard. like, I was like watching TV in Paul's office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I walked. <laughs> that was in, the TV room. <laughs> yeah, which is my office now. I walk in there and there's just a a chair, and then there's one of those rocking rollers with an Xbox on it and a huge flat screen TV. I'm like, what the hell are you doing in here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the media room. The media room. I know because it's funny when uh, we were in our you know tiny closet size Providence office. I remember him going out to lunch those few times and he comes back, he goes, Yeah, and we had kind of kinda dabbled in like looking for new space. We were we were slowly outgrowing what we were in and I remember, you know, we would go tour a few and nothing felt like really right. And um, you know, we'd go to one and oh the the price was decent, but maybe the space was, you know, not the best or the space was pretty nice but wouldn't last long term, but you know, kind of expensive and um you know, I remember him came back a couple of times. He's like, oh, you know, there's this space. Like, it's really cool. I used to work in here, blah, blah, blah. It's really nice. It's in Pawtucket. And at the time, I didn't really like Pawtucket. But, um, you know. Are you saying that you do now? I don't mind Yeah, because I still don't like Pawtucket. I, I don't <laughs> mind it. I've grown to. Uh, Pawtucket's not bad. Tolerate it. And, it's like the bridge to the east side. Appreciate it a little more. The bridge to the east side. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to touch the highway. That's to true. That's true. Well, I do. Maybe that's why I don't like it so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. But, um. <laughs> But I remember, no, Mike came, Mike came back a couple of times. He's like, oh, yeah, like my buddy Mike, like he wants he wants us to move in there. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like not even really thinking about it because I remember he was like, oh, it might cost this much. And I was like, oh, that might be too much for us or whatever. So anyway, uh, fast forward, what, like November? Yeah. Yeah, November. probably like probably like November. I think when you finally saw the spot. I saw it once and I was like, holy shit, this would be amazing. And then I was like, can we do it? You think we can do it? And then... I the think only, the only way you're going to know is if you try. Yeah. And, and we saw it one more time. And I think like we had talked to one client who like sounded really promising. And I was like, fuck it. Let's just go for it. Like, it's such a big space. It's so nice. And it just instantly felt like, you know, like I said, all these other spaces are like, oh, might have been this. But, you know, uh, you know, didn't like feel right. But as soon as I walked in, I remember being like, this is the fucking one. And that attributes a lot to you putting in like all the work to build this out to be a production office. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It fit perfect for us. There was a lot of thought in like the layout, how the room should be designed. Like the audio space was designed very specifically for like mixing. And then also the live room is, Mm -hmm. I always say it's for show. Honestly, (laughs) it's like we have a booth for doing VO and stuff and we used it a lot. Yeah. um, Yeah. I mostly used the live room for when I was composing. Yeah. Which is where we're coming to you from right now. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and the dedicated gear closet behind a locked door. Um, and that gear closet was probably the size of our office. Yeah. Before we moved in here. Pretty much. <laughs> so well, anyway. I think the studio is going to get another room at some point, too. Yeah. Or, or it's going to be a junk room. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. Um, so we'll put Mike in there if he's acting up. <laughs> put Mike and the ladder. So, you know, you've had all these ups and downs of businesses and name changes and various things, but you've stuck to your craft. Um, yeah. what are your biggest challenges and, and, um, right now, like as yourself again, and, um, what are like the plans for the future? Uh, biggest challenges. Uh, one of the things that I consciously made an effort to change when I transitioned away from Axion was like my work life balance was like totally flip flopped. It was bad. Like just too much work. Wait, I just like would work at home all the time till midnight yeah. all the time. Yeah. And honestly, like it takes a toll on you. It takes a toll on your family, all sorts of stuff. So yeah. I made a very conscious effort of like, well, you know, I'm not going to like be the like person that leaves at five and says like, yeah, screw it. Yeah. I will do some at home stuff, but like weekends, I really don't anymore. Yeah. And I think it's important that you do that stuff. Yeah. Because you have a, uh, you're married, you have two kids, two, two boys and a girl. Yeah. Yeah. And just to stay sane, I feel like yeah. you need to have that. Like, all right, I'm not going to be on my computer for, you know, four or five weeks in a row just doing mm. work. Well, for the other thing that you have to remember is like, um, when you have a company that has like a, not substantial overhead, but some overhead, mm-hmm. you know, employees are, are overhead, significant overhead. Um, I always felt the need that I needed to make sure that that was taken um, care of, taken care of for sure. Yeah. So like I would like kill myself for it. Yeah. Now you don't have to. That's helpful. Yeah. Now I just have to try and manage the work that I have, which is yeah, crazy. Oh, so then the second part. Oh yeah. Plans for the future. I guess you can. Future. Plans for the future. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Yeah. Um, it's really, working so far. Yeah. It's working now what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I like sort of the path that I'm on. I love the clients that I'm working with. So if I can maintain what I have and add some mm-hmm. more, you know, in a, in a growth pattern that is right for me, then yeah. that's great. You know? Yeah. I have not worked for someone for so long that could never do it again. Um, I, I think I could. You do? Yeah, really? I think really. I could. I mean, I've been, obviously, I've been doing it way less, but I don't think I could go do it. Why know. do you think that? Because I feel like a lot of people say they could never go back to a nine to five. Mm. Why do you think you could go back? I've never had like a shitty one. You know what I mean? Uh, I see. Mm. Everyone that I've always That's worked true. for before this was, they were awesome. I never like, I didn't leave it too mm. because it was like terrible. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I left it because the opportunity that I was in was fading away. So goes back to what you're saying. You see the writing on the wall. So now you're like, all right, keep it moving. Yeah. And you know, honestly, like doing my own thing right now allows me a lot of flexibility to just like do what I have to do when I have to do it. Yeah. Um, Like last week you went away on vacation. Yeah. You had a great time, right? I did. If you follow him on his uh, new Instagram, yeah. you would have seen the story. We've, We've been plugging your Instagram things. on the sh- on the sh- uh, show, the by the way. Yeah, yeah, Dev Hero. I gotta post some stuff to it. Yeah, yeah. I'll just have Neil and do it. <laughs> pay me. Um, at Boomerang City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's cool. Um, and so you've been married how long? Uh, since 2010, so nine years in August. Nine years. Yeah. And you know, uh, like we kind of alluded to, like running a business is can be tough. And like you said, can take a toll on like 
your family, yourself, your work-life balance? Like, do you think like, how's your wife been through the last nine years of all of this? Like supportive. She's been been great. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, kids are hard. Um, she's a teacher. That's a hard job. Yeah. Uh, Deal with kids all day. They don't get enough credit. (laughs) Deal with kids and come home and deal with your rotten kids. (laughs) Um, he doesn't mean that Milo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I try to like, stay as grounded as possible because like owning a business, like you guys know it, you take a day off, you feel like, Oh, I'm not making any money today. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I see where you're coming from too, where sitting on your couch at home and you know, you're watching TV and in your mind, it's like, all right, I have three other things. I could be writing an email right now to someone. I could be, you know, uh, working on a proposal. I could be doing something. There's a million things that a business owner can do to help enhance his business but yeah you got to set that time aside it's hard to go on vacation for sure even yeah, when you should like even last week yeah. how were you feeling on vacation was Honestly, there any i was fine because what i did was and this is the first time i've ever done this was i put a responder on my email and then i took uh i basically i didn't i shut mail down on my phone so it wouldn't tell me when i got emails oh and wow when i went to bed i would look at them yeah i'd yeah. glance at them but i wouldn't i wouldn't look at them at all during the day that's awesome that's yeah. a smart that's idea. a good way to, yeah um, but it's still hard, even though, you know, like I should be doing this, I should be taking a break, but you're thinking like, I'm going to lose a week yeah. and it's a, it's like a crappy way to think. I but, know. It's tough. But when you big, work, yeah, you work for someone else. It's like, yeah, you're going to lose a week, but they're still going to pay you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Paid vacation. Yeah. Um, do you think, uh, like your wife being so supportive, like, do you think that's played like a big role in, you know, being able to make these career changes and switches and stuff like that? Yeah. I would say she's more tolerant than supportive. <laughs> she tolerates me. That's good. And I love her for it. That's strong. It's yeah. uh, not an easy job. No. Just kidding. <laughs> um, that's all I got. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have too much either. Yeah. Thanks for giving us this dope ass office to work yeah. in, you know? Yeah. I'll send you guys your notice next week. Yeah, yeah. You make sure. notice. But yeah, no, I mean, it's been great since we moved in. Yeah. Um, like you haven't changed since I worked for you. I'm You're still the to. same smooth. Just kind of like go with the flow. Uh, you know, nothing, like you said, nothing catches you off guard. And I think that it's a big factor because it comes across like that in your work. And when you're talking to people, like you're yeah. portrayed as that image. And I think that is people trust you because of that. Yeah. I mean, so one thing you guys must see when you're doing projects is like you need to set an expectation with a client. And I'm not saying yeah. that in a way that like you should be like deceitful. I think expectations are important. And I used to always have the mentality of like, if someone asked me to do something, I'm going to do it right now. And that's honestly not always the right answer. Yeah. Um, Cause then you find yourself like shifting to many things during the day when you probably should have been working on something else, but also it can set a precedent that you will always jump on whatever, whenever. And you may not always be able to do that. Right. So you you can set them, set a client up to be, you know, uh, expecting something and it not happen. Um, right. I know over my experience, I've been a developer for about 14 years that clients totally get it when you need to take a week off. Yeah. And they totally get it when you're busy. Um, if they want to hire you, they're going to hire you and figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. No one's ever going to be like, oh, well, find someone else. Yeah. yeah. Especially once you build that trust. Yeah. 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 I agree. They're, they're doing, you know, their, uh, their lives are just as busy as yours. Yeah. Um, no matter if they're the owner of the company or, uh, whatever team you're working for in that company, 
Um, they totally get it. And if they need your services or expect something from you, if you set the right tone, then everything's fine. You know, like things come up and things get like pushed back. And I find that if you can communicate throughout the entire process and, um, you know, like most people are pretty cool with that. Yeah. I think being honest, straight up honesty. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I screw something up, I definitely own up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't happen very often though. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, I learned, you learn from it. It's not, not going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think for the most part, like fortunately we've had, we've been lucky to work with like great clients who do understand like if one of us goes away or, um, you know, we're not always right there to answer their email in five seconds or get that edit done in three minutes or something like that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I've like come now. I try to not look at my email during the day because yeah. it totally distracts me yeah. into too many directions yeah. unless it's something really important. But like, you know, between like email and Slack, yeah. uh, people will hit me up Slack. People hit me up all the time for stuff. Yeah. And if I see something that I can just like do real quick and like meet someone's needs, it goes a long way. Yeah. And I, if I could take like five minutes to do it, it's fine. Yeah. All good. Yeah, but you got 40 Slack channels on your <laughs> on your yeah. Slack, so those yeah. add those yeah. could add up real quick. Well, I've a bunch of Slack channels, and I'm a member of a bunch of Slacks. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, Mike, thanks for coming on. Thanks for appreciate you coming all the way into our here. studio from your office, ten yeah. feet away. It's a long walk. Long <laughs> walk. Uh, give everybody uh, your Instagram handle, your website. Shout where, out where, that where can they uh, check out your stuff? Is it? It's Dev Hero LLC. Dev Hero. Yeah, we've been shouting them out. Yeah, Good. Thanks, it. man. Hey. And the website is dev-hero.com. All those followers you've been getting, we'll take a little cut. Yeah. You know, Dev-hero.com. You can right. tell how like on it I am to look right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're checking Instagram. They're cool, checking man. Instagram. Cool. Go check out his work. Say hello. Yeah. As always. I'm pretty proud of myself. I don't think I swore very much. Nah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think you did either. I normally yeah. do, though. I know. that's uh, So Aaron last week was saying the same thing. Yeah. He was like, I usually, I usually swear all the time. I think I swore twice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Me and him together. Oof. That'll be it. We'll have to do a, a combo one. He's like, he asked me when he came in here, do you want to come join me? <laughs> I was like, I don't. That would be a long one. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to do a, we'll do a special one with yeah. both with everybody, the whole yeah. crew. A little round table. All of yeah. your guests from. <laughs> we'll fill up the whole live room. 16 microphones in there. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, again, Mike, it's great, great hearing your story and learning from you. Uh, as always, check us out on Instagram at Up in Your Biz Pod. Send us any questions you have for us or any of the guests. Let us know what you thought. If you liked it, leave a rating. Um, other than that, stay tuned for next week's, and um, we'll see you. Adios. We be taking care of business.